Hello and welcome to the Rooted in the Really Real podcast. Get ready to go on a journey of knowledge, growth, healing, and prayer rooted in our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now let's dive in. We are back with more virtue. Or back to virtue. Oh, oh snap. Gosh. <laughs> we are back to virtue. Episode four. Last episode, we talked about the cardinal virtues and what they are, how they are foundational, why they are important. Father Steve, quick, what are the four cardinal virtues? Justice, prudence, temperance, and fortitude or courage, depending on how you want to go. Wow. I know, right? Good job. Thanks. Thank you for providing us with that. So if you didn't listen to that episode, we recommend you do because it's good and talks about the cardinal virtues. But surprise, today we are talking about the theological virtues. These ones are different and also important. Truth. 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 Continuing on in the series on virtues and virtuous living, this big picture of wanting to be saints and grow in virtue. As you said last episode, a saint is someone who lives in heroic virtue. That's what we want. That's why we're looking at this is because we're trying to grow. We're trying to be awesome. We're trying to grow in prayer and relationship. Amen. Amen. We are talking about the theological virtues today. So there are three. Father Steve, what are they? Faith, hope, and love. I would think a lot of people know that. I feel like that's, you know. I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. St. Paul mentions it St. a couple Paul times. Um, the difference in these virtues, and if we're going off the chapter that Peter Kreeft has in his book, Back to Virtue, is that the natural virtues, so those being like the cardinal virtues that we talked about last episode, those are obviously real virtues. They are important. But they alone, without our faith and without being infused by grace, do not save us, right? They, they're not enough they they are good to practice and they are necessary, but we don't get to heaven just by being a little more just or wise or courageous or temperate. That's not enough. They provide that foundation for the supernatural virtues, which do help us in this in this spiritual life in our quest for union with the Lord and getting to heaven because they do provide us with such infused grace from the Lord. Do you want to qualify that statement, make it more? Cardinal virtues and all the virtues that correspond to them, provide the foundation upon which grace can build to sanctify us and direct us and guide us towards salvation. And this is so crucial because um, the difference between uh, a pagan, right, and, and a Christian, right, is the gift of baptism. And if we believe that the gift of baptism through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit fundamentally changes the soul of the person, that gift also then allows them to access deeper realities beyond the cardinal virtues and also points and orders the cardinal virtues in a different way, not just towards the good of man, right, but really towards towards the the final destiny, which is which is heaven. And so there's a whole shift in some ways in that ordering and in that direction which is crucial for us and and really just really exciting because of how God really created the universe. Right? He creates the universe. He helps us to become aware of these cardinal virtues that every man needs to live by in order for society to flourish. And then he, 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 he transforms them or he elevates them beyond what was ordinary into the superordinary, right? Or into the, uh, the extraordinary, um, which then becomes the means by which now through the power of Faith, hope, and charity, which we're going to talk about in a second, uh, can sanctify us. 
Right. It's beautiful how it's designed and how how when our lives are rightly ordered and we're seeking after the right things, how naturally this can flow. It's difficult and we need that discipline and that grace in practicing the virtues, but how beautiful this is. Maybe I can say a couple of these things and then you can read the mm-hmm. catechism. Sure. I think we're we're doing a decent job, I think, you know, trying to trying to lay this foundation of understanding how these natural and supernatural virtues play off of each other. Because we're not trying to say like some are not important or some are like better, but it's this understanding of how they build off of each other. So it's what Peter Kreeft says is it's much more difficult for a person who is unjust and foolish and cowardly and uncontrolled to then in turn believe, hope in, and love God. It's hard to lack natural virtue and then completely embrace supernatural virtue. It's it's disordered in a way that we need both here, right? We need we need the foundation of the cardinal virtues that we talked about last episode to help us really receive as much as possible from the Lord to grow in these theological virtues. So it's also understanding on the flip side that without the supernatural virtues, the natural virtues fall short, right? They fail. Because, for example, without charity, which goes beyond justice, no one can really be truly just, right? We can't fulfill the requirements of the natural law of justice to our neighbors except by the power of love, by the, the supernatural virtue of charity. And what I want to highlight here is what the catechism you know, says is that uh, the human virtues are rooted in the theological virtues, which adapt man's faculties for participation in the divine nature. For the theological virtues relate directly to God, and they dispose the Christians to live in relationship with the Holy Trinity. Right? This is what's really exciting, right? Like it's super exciting because it's it's that. The, these card, these theological virtues, adapt our faculties so we can participate in the divine nature, and they transform in many ways the cardinal virtues. And it goes on to say, so that was eighteen twelve and eighteen thirteen. The Catechism goes on to say they inform and give life to all moral virtue. That for us to know what is morally good, it is essential that we have the theological virtues active in our lives because the true good, the authentic good, is God. And it points us back to him in all things. And they are such that when we think of faith, we think of hope, we think of charity, right? As, as just in the example, like, like Ashley was saying, right, is that it goes beyond. They take us beyond the cardinal virtues, as charity does justice by bringing and introducing mercy, because mercy comes through charity um, and the love of God. So it's just, it's so important that we have these because this is what makes it different. Uh, this is what makes us so very different um, through the power of baptism and to lead life differently and, and really an even greater freedom than we had before. So like the virtue, the cardinal virtues help us to have freedom in a, in a, in a human sense the theological virtues now allow us to have the freedom in a truly divine sense to make us very much like Jesus uh, in in our way of living and our way of responding and our way of, of um, encountering reality in the world. Right. I think when you look at like what we were saying about the cardinal virtues of why these are so necessary and why even going back to Plato, he, he outlined this is because it's what is right and what makes sense on a human level. It's what we need to flourish on a human level and living in a society, um, a civilized society working together, what's necessary. It's this 
it's this layout of the cardinal virtues, but these theological virtues bring it so much more into this life with Jesus. It is something so much be beyond what it's so much more beyond what what Plato's talking about in, in just how we live as a society. It's more than what we can kind of fathom on our own as humans. You know, we all come together. Okay, what do we need in a good society? It's we can come together and outline these things in the natural virtues, but faith, hope, and charity is something beyond even what we can kind of muster up on our own. It's something that we're made for and that that we're drawn into, and it can only be possible because of this grace, because of this relationship we can have with the Lord. And I think it's it's really important for us just to kind of explore each one of these, explore each one of these because they're all interdependent on each other. You can't have one without like the Trinity. without the other two, right? And just so like really simply, right? Like if I don't have faith in who God is, how do I have hope? And and if I don't have hope, right? How can I choose to do the loving action? You know, without you know without something being after there. And that's what the hope is. Like the hope is is that in choosing to love in this moment, that this love that I show will will bring about something in the future that I cannot see right now. And so it's just it's really mm-hmm. beautiful how these the three theological virtues, in a similar way to the cardinal virtues, right? The cardinal virtues all go hand in hand. Uh and the same in a similar way, the theological virtues all go hand in hand. And I think if we take a step back, like we most of us would understand this, right? I think it makes sense. Like if we have that gift of of genuine faith, then authentic charity would have to follow, and we would then naturally have this this hope in the Lord, hope of something more, hope of what we're called called for, and that would help us kind of kindle that faith and grow that faith, which would then in turn help us love our neighbor. You know, like it's they're all interdependent, mm-hmm. like you're saying. But I I also think that's not too complex for us to understand like there's there's something there that that is complex and we can't understand all of it but but we're living this out and we feel it in our faith and we experience it if we're doubting the lord's goodness and we're doubting that he has a plan for us it's very hard to love our neighbor it's very hard to love ourselves it's very hard to choose the good right, right. because that doubt that 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 lack of hope oftentimes drives us to make choices and decisions that are actually vicious um, because we've lost sight of the good or we, we no longer believe in the ultimate good. And so now we, we turn from what is the ultimate good and our salvation in heaven uh, and we turn from that and we turn to now what might be a worldly good or just a human good. And that human good, while in one sense is is what it is, it might actually be very bad for our soul. And this is why we have to have all three. We have to keep, we have to fight to protect them. Like this is the thing, like faith, faith is, is uh, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but, uh, but Mm-mm. just, just I just want to say this is that like without, if we don't exercise the virtue of faith, because remember the virtues are things that need to be exercised. Right? And the way we exercise faith is by choosing to believe, choosing to believe, choosing to hope, choosing to make acts of love every day. If we don't exercise the virtue of faith, we can never, we'll never see the miracles or the witness of God's fidelity. We'll never see the Lord bring about in fruition in the future what we had hoped for in the past. And we won't see how love is able to transform the hardened heart if, if, 
it's not a muscle that is exercised and chosen every day. And so we fail at this a lot. I fail at this a lot. But it's one of those places I go back to where the Lord asks me to, to stand in opposition right, to the discouragement or to the to despair and ask for the increase in the gift of faith, ask for the increase in the gift of hope, ask for the increase in the gift of charity, that I can choose the true, the good, and the beautiful. Yeah, I like how you say that, and I think it's important to mention the choosing and the exercising because often I think we get ourselves in trouble and we are discouraged when so much is based off of feeling, Right. With these three, it's like we don't feel the Lord is present to us. We don't feel that that He is good or He sees us, and so then we're not growing in faith because because we don't we don't choose it. Of course, it's difficult, and I'm not you know trying to dismiss that, but you know we don't feel like loving someone who isn't very nice to us. We don't feel it, so then we don't do it. We don't choose it. We don't feel like hoping because we're so discouraged. You know, it's like it's it gets into this messy thing where all three. We're really struggling in all three because we're not feeling like we're in that place. And we're forgetting that it has to be this choice of the will that we're also exercising. Now, I, I want to give us a little more clarity around each one of these cardinal virtues. and, and Theological. So, I want to give us uh, just a little more clarity around each one of these theological virtues. And Kreef does a great job uh in this chapter on just highlighting them. And so we just want to highlight a little bit of what he says about each of the theological virtues. Right. So he says, you know, faith is first. It's not mere belief or mere trust, though it includes both. So belief is an intellectual matter, right? So I believe the sun will shine tomorrow. I believe I am in good health. I believe the textbooks that I read. Trust is an emotional matter. We say we trust our doctor, our surgeon, our architect. Faith is more, right? So it flows from the heart, he says, the center of the person, while the object of faith is God, not ideas about God. So in our in our knowing and faith and believing something, sometimes we just believe the ideas, right? But but it's more of this real object of God. And then he goes to say that St. Thomas Aquinas, so he's the most rational of theologians, you could argue, insists that the primary object of the act of faith is not a proposition, but a reality, God himself. So we're not saying, you know, you should believe in in this idea. We're saying you believe in God himself, um, just as the object of moral fidelity is not the law, but the lawgiver. So the object of faith is not the truths about God, but the God who is truth. So I think that's that's the difference there in the the supernatural virtue of faith is more active than reason, right? If faith runs ahead of reason. Um, he says, reason reports like a camera. Faith takes a stand like an army. Faith is saying yes to God's marriage proposal, and it's extremely simple. Saying anything more would probably confuse it. And then he just stops. <laughs> well, I just want to highlight, too, like just like echoing in many ways those same ideas. The catechism says that faith is that virtue by which we believe in God and believe all that he has said and revealed to us and that the, ch- the church proposes. And this this comes about through the power and the gift of baptism. And it's again, it's not just the ideas of who we think God is, but it's really, it's like believing in God himself. And that changes everything because there's a purity, that there's a purification that takes place in the heart and the soul as we continue that. And uh, we just re- were reminded of that beautiful quote from, from Jesus 
in the Gospel of Matthew, where he goes, so everyone who acknowledges me before men, right, and that acknowledgement is this act of faith in who God is, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. Like, what a gift, right? It's this, this acknowledging that God is God, that you and I are not, and that in acknowledging that God is God, we ourselves are exercising that virtue of faith, and that God has a plan, and that God has a will, and that God has a way, where we may not we may not, we, we, or we may not see one. Moving on to hope, he talks about how hope is not just something like, you know, I hope there is ice cream for dessert tonight. You know, like I just, I kind of want it or like I'm looking forward to something, but that hope fed by faith, that hope is faith directed to the future. It's believing that, that God is this object of hope, right? We're hoping in him, in what he said. He says, I hope in God that God revealed in scripture. I hope for all the promises God has given us. I think it's something that that is very um, dismissed and like trivialized today, where we're not really hoping for much. Everything's so bleak and, and negative in our world. And we're not, we're failing to recognize that believing in God isn't just doing what he says and just trusting it's all going to work out, but but hoping in the true like magnificence of what he has prepared for us as well. And the Catechism in 817 says, it's hope is the virtue, the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises. Very much again echoing uh, and 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 corroborating what, what Peter Kreeft has said. It goes on to say that the virtue of hope responds to the aspiration to happiness which God has placed in the heart of every man. It takes up the hopes that inspire man acti- man's activities and purifies them as to order them towards the kingdom of heaven. And this is so beautiful, right? This virtue of hope is 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 all about the the eternal destiny and the, and the happiness, the beatitude, the flourishing life, the freedom that God has for us, and this 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 theological virtue purifies our our human understanding of that destiny, of that happiness, with the authentic reality as revealed in and through our Savior. It's so good. It's so good. How can you not like talk about it and just be excited? You know, mm-hmm. like I want this. Like we we crave it. We're built. We're made for this. You know, like I want. I want to grow in this area. Amen. So lastly, Peter Kreef says, and now comes the greatest thing in the world: love. And we're talking about agape love, right? So this is like the highest form of love, not just I love pizza, but <laughs> but recognizing true love. He points to. If you want to know what agape is, look at Christ dying for us on the cross. That is the best definition of love in the world. St. Bernard of Clairvaux said that whenever he looked at a crucifix, he saw Christ's five wounds as lips speaking to him the words, I love you. So he's saying too, you know, this agape, true charity, is not mere pity or mere compassion. Um, that's not enough, right? That in itself is not enough, but it it's an action. It's It's putting into action the feeling, you know, or the the desire, the the commitment of love. Feelings are passive, pushed around by wind, weather, digestion, heredity, environment, or whatever. But God cannot be pushed around. He has no passions. He's infinite activity. His love is like the sun. So it's 
this like constant burning, right? This life-giving movement that charity is always emptying of oneself. And like he says, like there's not much you can say that doesn't point back to Jesus on the cross, right? That's the ultimate act of charity for us. And just that the importance of this, the importance of the charity is is such that the Catechism in eight twenty seven says the practice of all the virtues is animated and inspired by charity, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. It is the form of the virtues. It articulates and orders them among themselves. It is the source and the goal of their Christian practice. It is charity, which up, charity upholds and purifies our human ability to love and raises it to the supernatural perfection of divine love. It's the excitement to know that, that because of baptism, you and I have been given the, uh, the capacity to, to believe and to hope in the promises of God, and, and even more so to love with a similar love, actually the same love because it's the love of Christ within us, uh, our neighbors and ourselves. And and this is so incredibly challenging, but also also well, and it's challenging because it's just it's just it's it's so hard to, to, to really believe and wrap your mind around that God would do this for his creation, that he would allow us to participate in the very gift of the love between Father and Son in the Spirit. Um, but he does. He does, and that's his desire. His desire is that we would not live in, as slaves any longer or in servile fear, but we would live as sons, responding to the love of him who loved us first. Right, because God is love. What else is there to say? Amen. Amen. Almighty God, we give thanks and praise for the gift of love, for the very gift of your Son, the very gift of our faith. And we just ask for your blessing upon all of us today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. You can also follow our Facebook page, Rooted in the Really Real Podcast, and Ashley Poltorek on Instagram for episode information and more. God bless.